0: This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is June 1st, 2021. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio.
1: All right, Todd Ant, and I was at Hofstra Radio from 1977
0: to 1981. Okay, and uh, what uh, shows or programs or departments did you work in while you were there?
1: Well, when I first got there, uh, you know, everybody had to, you know, get get a hand in all the different shows. My focus was really on sports, but um, they uh, had us do different shows. I know I remember doing a jazz show, uh, I think it was a mainstream jazz show. Uh, I think I did a, a Spanish show called Hispanidad Dia with Calixto Garcia, who is the uh, on-air host. And I remember producing that show. Um, I was on the air for a, a couple of different rock, rock shows, rock and roll shows, and one of them was called Changes. Uh, so I DJ that, um, you know, it's funny being, I was focused on sports, but we didn't have a lot of sports shows back then. I know later on in my uh, career at Hofstra, we tried to implement some, but you know, any sort of sports update shows I wanted to be a part of, um, and I was able to do that. So that was really the very beginning, um, at Hofstra. And I'm glad they did that in the beginning. You know, I'm like, what do I want to do jazz and, and rock for? I mean, I did like music. Believe me, I loved it. Um, but I didn't feel like I would be good at DJing. But I'm, it was good. It kind of gave you an idea of what it's like on the other side to do different things. So I was glad to do that. And some news shows. We definitely did a couple of small you know, news updates, community bulletins, stuff like that. And uh, they had the freshmen and sophomores really get a, get a taste and get their
0: foot in the door by doing all those shows. Got it. Did you hold any uh, titles at the station or management positions?
1: Yeah, my senior year, I was the sports director. There was a you know an influx of uh, you know it, was, it wasn't as competitive as let's say at the time in those years, really like Fordham and Syracuse that was very competitive uh, radio stations at Hofstra. It was it was competitive, but not as much. So, but there was always a couple of guys ahead of me. So it really took me a good three years to finally uh, become the sports director. So my senior year, I was uh, the sports director
0: there as well. Okay, um, did you use your own name on air? Did you have any nicknames or uh, personas?
1: You know, uh, when I uh, when I started doing on air stuff, and I said, you know, Todd Ant WVHC Sports or News, you know, everyone said, oh, what a cool name for radio. It's different, so I kind of like that. I was there. I wasn't about to change it. I figured it was unique enough. I always thought that a unique name, you know, would make a little bit of a difference in people remembering who you were. So uh, when I did a lot of the sports, a lot of the play by play, and all that stuff. Um, I was not. I was not going to change it. There were some other people that did change their names, but uh, I kept Todd in because I thought it was unique.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, so this is a two-part question. And answer it whatever makes sense to you uh, in in response. But I'm always curious what brought people to the station to begin with. And for those of us who weren't there when you were. What was it like when you got there? Where was the station? Maybe people that you met, uh, or you know the, the the first experience of getting either to the station or uh, to the office or to the to the studio.
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll do this and I'll try and do this in chronological order because it's, it's it's some fun, funny stuff there. I remember I'll never forget some of the things. So um, my, the high school I went to was literally right across the street from Hofstra University. It was it was called Brookdale High School. It was on Oak on uh, Oak Street. Hmm. Um, and um, what happened was they didn't have a 12th grade. So technically, I kind of graduated a year early in 11th grade. But for our senior year of high school, our the high school that I went to, it was so small, they gave us options. One of the options was, and this was the third year of the program, it was called the Hank Hofstra Program. And what they did was they combined uh, the high school and they combined the college. So really, my senior year of high school was my freshman year at Hofstra, 77, 78. Um, and I remember in 11th grade, they said, all right, so we're preparing you guys for your senior year. Other kids were able to go to their local high school because um, it was a private school mm-hmm. uh, and finish there. They were able to go out of the country and do some other stuff. So I my option was to stay at, at, at my high school for the senior year and then literally drive across the street and start my, my college career. So I remember they, pa- they passed out uh, the, the curriculum book and I remember zipping through it and I remember you know, comparative literature, uh, chemistry, biology, English. And I'm like this, I'm falling asleep here. What do I I want to do? But I do know in 10th grade, you know, we had season tickets to the New York Nets, uh, you know, across the street at the Nassau Coliseum. And I would take my tape recorder and I would go up top and I would do play by play on my own you know and eventually some of the other season ticket holders saw me go up they followed me up and we all did my broadcast i had other people come on i did halftime shows oh neat so, so fast forward now to, to 11th grade and i'm like you know what i, I mean i, I want to get into sports i need to do something i'm not, i wasn't physically able to play you know in the nba and the you know in, in, uh, nfl or anything like that but there was there had to be a way to get into sports i mean maybe it's something in broadcasting so th- that's you know that was kind of a hint of, of what i wanted and then looking through that that uh, the book, the curriculum book at Hofstra, and all of a sudden, I turn to the R's and I see radio and TV technology, and uh, and uh, you know you you always hear those moments the the, the bell goes off, a light goes on, all of that happened right there. Radio and TV, um, you know, tracked, mm. and I said, this is it. Let's do this. So uh, I knew going into my freshman year, I was going to major in communications, radio and TV. Uh, and, and then the time came. So we, we had our classes in the high school. Then a friend of mine, Eugene Weisberg, we drove across the street and he wanted to get into DJing. He was more into rock and roll, uh, music and DJing than I was. And I wanted to get into sports. So here it is. So we get on campus. We ask, you know, where's the radio station? Well, the offices are upstairs on the second floor at Memorial Hall. Mm -hmm. The radio station is across campus underneath the little theater. At the time, I had no idea what that meant. But first things first, (laughs) I wanted to get into the office. I go into the office. There's literally three people there. Bruce Farber, the sports director, who by chance happened to be there my first day I walked in. This is September, you know, the first week of school. His assistant, Mark Rockhouse, and Jeffrey Krauss, the general manager. Now, Jeffrey Krauss was all the way in the back. And, you know, people, the the old timers, remember, you're listening to this, will remember he was all the way from the, when you walk into the place, he was all the way in the back, his desk facing the front And he had his pipe, and and I'm like, beard, and I didn't pay too much attention to him. But I I asked those guys, you know, I want to get into sports, and Bruce said, "Well, you came to the right place. I'm the sports director, and this is Mark uh, Ruckhouse, uh, the assistant." Yeah. So what do I do? And this is how it happened, pretty much. I don't remember some of the, the some of the chatter in between, but this was it. This was on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. He says, "Okay, we have a game, a football game on Saturday. Bring your bring a transistor radio." And we'll set you up, and we're going to put you on there. You're going to be the sideline guy. Wow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I haven't done anything yet. I haven't taken a class yet. So that was it. I went um, Saturday. I brought my little transistor radio so I can I, I could listen to the broadcast live on 88.7 locally. And they ran a 150-foot mic cord. Wow. And please remember, I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm digressing here a little bit, the football stadium was under repair. They were putting in AstroTurf, so it w- they were not using the stadium that year, 1977. That fall, they there was a patch of grass between, I think Cranford Playhouse and Memorial Hall. Now it's completely filled up with with a building, but back then it was an open air. It was an open grassy area. Kids used to play frisbee, and they turned that into the football field temporarily. So that's where we went, and that's where I I, I had they you know you wouldn't be able to do that in the in the big stadium. So there I am on the sidelines, no clue what to do. But I'm listening to the to Bruce Farber and Mark Ruckhouse do the game, and I remember they threw it to me once, and I I, I had to make say, Oh, it really looks like a lot of stuff's going on out here. losing. Send <laughs> him so back to you guys. Halftime comes, and this is the end of the story. They say, "All right, Todd, uh, we we're, we're we're you know they told me beforehand before the halftime, go run over and get a player before they run into the locker room." So uh, they send it down. Todd, Ant, you know what do you got? So I had a guy named Kevin Huff, the running back. They were losing by a couple of points. I said, hey, Kevin, uh, thanks for coming on real quick. Uh, What do you guys have to do in the second half? You're trailing. And he looked at me. He says, well, we have to get some more effing points on the board. But he didn't say effing. He said the full word on the air. And I'm like, "Okay, thanks, Kevin. Back to you, Bruce. I look up because thinking at this point, my career just started and it just ended (laughs) in one shot. Wow. I look up and they're looking I, you can see them. It really wasn't that far. And, they're, and their hands are up in the air and they're shrugging their shoulders like, what, 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 what? I look at the bottom. I never had the mic plugged in. So they never heard him say the, the word on air. So we didn't get into trouble. I didn't get into trouble. They just said, hey, just make sure it's plugged in. After the game, I told them what happened. They laughed. They're like, oh my God, thank God that didn't happen. But wow. that was my first time ever on the air at uh, WVHC. And from then on, and it went out a little bit smoother than that. Let's put it that way. But uh, that was really my introduction uh, into WVHC and Hofstra Radio. Wow,
0: what a what a baptism of fire! And 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 <laughs> and pretty much, I, I guess you had that conversation in the office, and then I'm assuming the next time you saw them was at the game.
1: Yeah, and I saw them at the game next time, and then after that, I pretty much was at this. St- you know, people join frats and and, and and communities, and they they do a little side. Memorial Hall WVHC offices. That was my frat for the next four years. That's where I hung out. That and the and the and the actual station, which was underneath little theater, and that's a whole another story. I mean, the, the place was you were, literally was underground. You had to walk down, and the and I'm about, I was about six four. I probably shrunk since then, but I, I mean I can't tell you the headaches if I'm banging my head on the ceilings. It was so small uh, that little place uh, where we did the actual broadcast. But really, Memorial Hall, the office, that's where we hung out. That's where I made all my new friends, and a lot of friends I'm still in touch with. You know, forty. Somewhat years years later, but that was the place where where I hung out. That and then and then a couple of years after that, I I would go downstairs to Hofstra Television. I started to dabble in that as well. But you know, VHC was really was my home, and uh, you know that's where it really all started. Still is really.
0: So I, I'm always trying to get a sense of the the studio at the Little Theater. Uh, that was that was before my time, but I've heard various stories about what it was like. And obviously, you're you're a tall guy, and and it's a small place, and and I guess. My my question is if if you could give us a little bit more detail if you remember anything about the studio and also I guess you're on the air uh, at the game and then how long is it before you're actually in the radio station studio is it is well, that something think, that comes up soon after
1: Yeah, I mean right after that I mean pretty much school starts and I had already enrolled in in radio you know I, I can't even remember you know broadcast communications one hundred and one it's been so long. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. remember the after classes, but you know that that's where a lot of those classes took place. Uh, and and some of them were were, were uh, in in uh, classrooms in Memorial Hall because you just, you didn't have to be in the radio station. You know they could show you. They would brought in. They would bring in um, you know mixers and show you you know how to mix things and all that. You know, but you know, but for the most part, a lot of the classes were in there. So you walk down. It's a walk down bend your head a little bit to get it through the doorway. <laughs> and in the first couple of rooms left and right, a lot of that was the um, album library, the the discs, you know, the wax. Mm-hmm. That's where everything was held. In. And they had a huge collection, so there was a room there. And then you had a lot of – the rest of them were really little studios. And then if you keep walking all the way to the back, that's where the main board was. There was glass, and then obviously the the broadcast area. But that the engineering part was in this – I can still picture it the Gates board, the round potentiometers. You had uh, the actual technical end of it where you had to do meter readings uh, after that. And um, that's where a lot of all the action took place. Now, you, you we all comboed probably back then for, for the most part. A lot of the older uh, shows that we had, I, I remember the... the Sweet Olson had a show there, and Calixto Garcia I said we did the Spanish show. Those guys were just on air guys. They stayed in the in the studio part of it, and then we were on the other side on the technical end, running the board but when when I did the rock shows and the jazz shows, we were spinning records going on air, comboing. we did that all ourselves, and then at the end of the night if it's if, if it's if you were wrapping it up for the night, we'd shut everything down and shut the uh, the transistors uh, the uh, the tower off. you know we'd do that ourselves. And the other part of that I remember is my first year there, That my fresh my freshman year, That's I think it was that the fall. Might have been spring. Don't remember exactly. That's when they installed the 25,000-watt antenna. So that was really a big deal for the radio station. We up, upped our power immensely at that point. And Jeffrey Krauss, the general manager, he was a student there, you know, like 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. So he remembers when the station was so small. So it was, I know, it was emotional for him to be there, to watch this happen. I remember... Jim Helfgott and Steve Graziano—they were the, the the manager, station manager, and the, the director—being um, a big part of that. Um, Ronneberger, Teddy Ronneberger, the engineer; th- those guys were all, you know, a, a big part of getting that antenna uh, put up. I think on Tower C, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that was a big deal, you know. And then then you had to get your uh, you had to get your engineering license, class three. I think it probably took me two times, it was like my driving test. It took me like two or three times for the written <laughs> test. It was terrible. But to to eventually get down the meter readings, I remember I felt like, wow, I I can actually do this. I wasn't really good at math, so the fact that I could read these meters and then jot it down on on the um, on the clipboard that was left behind for everybody—you had to shut everything down—I was pretty proud of that as a freshman. Besides being on air and doing that kind of stuff, uh, so those are the, those are those early memories of the place. And like I say, it was it was underneath. It wasn't until years after you know I graduated, many of us graduated, when they finally built Dempster. Uh, hall before it came you know uh, what it is now Um, uh, but uh, Dempster hall was we we went into the new place we're like wow could you imagine if we had this when we were going to school but I'm I think we're all glad we had that experience in that small place and you really needed to be hands-on with everything and you know the the office on the other
0: side of campus those are great memories that I had Hmm. what were the broadcast hours at the time was it 2 p.m you signed on something like that I thought it was earlier than that. I'm, I'm thinking,
1: you know, morning, but, uh, I know we all had classes, you know, so, so that wouldn't be a, that probably wouldn't be too far off, but I, I'm pretty sure like midnight was the sign off. Okay, You know, we would wrap up around that time and then sign on. I think it was, maybe it was in the morning when we signed on again. Uh, some kids that didn't have early classes were able to sign the station on and, and start the programming. Um, So, uh, yeah, but like I say, you know, overnight hours, it was definitely uh, shut down.
0: Okay. Um, so you've got this first experience on, on air and then eventually you get your FCC license and, and get cleared. Do you remember anything about, were there informal, uh, training classes? Was there anybody who gave you good advice and says, do this or don't do that or, or anything like that before you, uh, got your license?
1: Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people that I remember the names, like you know, the upperclassmen I call them because they were, they were older than I was. And I kind of looked up to those guys. Uh, like I said, Jim Helfgott, Steve Graziano, um, uh, Steve Fendel was there, uh, Karen Rizzo, who I adored and Rasa Bobellis. They, they were all very helpful. Rob Ray, who I'm still friends with mm-hmm. to this day. We absolutely hit it off and uh, we still love each other. I mean, Rob Ray was great. He was, he was on the community desk. Um, specifically, uh, I have to bring up Wayne Kurtzman, because Wayne, Wayne ran a a speech class, which, you know, I, I, I saw him recently at, at one of the dinners, and I, I said, you know, that, that was one of the best classes I ever took. It taught me how to breathe, mm-hmm. how to enunciate, because I talk like I'm from Long Island, you know, which I am. I grew up 10 minutes, 15 minutes from Hofstra, mm-hmm. in West Hempstead. So I, I, you know, some of them I, 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 and I still have so many cassettes of of my broadcast and things that went on, on on WVHC now RHU and I a lot of that stuff I'd love to uh, donate to the place if they really want it um, it's some really fun stuff that I have uh, but but he really made a difference on 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 how to broadcast and and, and speech wise you really there real, there are some techniques that will help you broadcast hmm. and I wish I would have taken more speech classes after that and I didn't um, obviously I was able to get through but his class in particular the speech class I remember Wayne's class was great. Uh, you know, all the all the technical people that help me learn how to take the readings, pass, passing that third class license. Jim Del Balzo was the, the rock and roll uh, director, the music director, I remember. And like I said, Bruce Farber, Mark Rockhouse were in sports at the time. Uh, Carl Bucking was was instr- mm-hmm. instrumental. They they all had... And Sue Zizza, of course, was, was great. Um, and we became good friends uh, beyond that. Um, and I'm trying to remember uh, some of the names of, of the people that also made a difference. Well... A couple of years later, I know you you want to talk about the years later when we get there, but um, I just don't want to forget to mention Scott Cinnamon,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, and, and Steve Silverman. Those were the sports directors before I just just before I took over for them, uh, and and we had a we made we made some great progress there. We'll get to that at another point if you want. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, everybody in particular, but, you know, learning how to run the board. I mean, I, I can't even remember, unfortunately, who, who taught those classes. I think Jeffrey Krause taught some of those classes before he really just ended up just kind of running, running the station. But I, I'm pretty sure I took some classes with him. Um, and he was a character boy. I tell you, we everybody was talking about, I don't know if you liked me or not, mm-hmm. but yeah, but that's where there's just Jeff. I mean, I think he did like us, some of us anyway. I think he, he liked me. I was a bit of a nutcase sometimes, but, um, uh, there was something special about Jeff. And, and and when I say sorely missed, I just wish I, you know we, we could have a chance to talk to him now in our, our adult years right. and share these memories with him. But unfortunately, we can't. But
0: um, such an impact that he had on so many people, including myself. So you mentioned the first time you went to the station, you met, uh, the two, the sports director and the assistant sports director, but Jeff was there in his desk and I've heard other people describe, uh, his position there in the corner. Do you remember interacting with him at all then, or when you first started to, to get to know him? Cause he was an intimidating presence as what everybody says. Um, do you remember getting to know him at all or, or breaking that the ice a little bit?
1: Yeah. 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 No, Jeff was, Jeffrey Krause was intimidating. There's no question. Uh, he would sit there with that, that, that bass baritone voice mm-hmm. of his and the pipe, the pipe throws you off. It's just like, man, this guy's, he's got it all going on, you know? And he would just kind of, you know, I don't do a great Jeff Krause. Like, Are you sure Todd, do you want to do this for a living? You know? And and he said some things that, um, kind of smacked me around a little bit, woke me up like, cause I was immature at the time and I'm sure he saw that, but I think he also saw some potential. I would like to think, uh, I, I know he did cause he, cause he put me in some positions that maybe I wasn't ready for, but he felt I could handle, but yeah, there was a, jo- you know, I was always a jokey kind of guy and he certainly was, uh, he had a great sense of humor. So I think, like I say, not remembering specifics, but I just remember after a while I was able to just say, Hey Jeff, you know, you know, whatever this and that. And he would laugh and we would joke and, but he was always good at, at, you know, Hey, remember I'm, I'm the general manager here and I'm running the show. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he would be like, Hey, listen. You know he, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be shy in telling us you know you guys need to straighten this out you know you said this on the air you you probably shouldn't say that on the air uh, I do remember that not specifically what it was but I do remember him telling us hey you guys you know just clean it up a little bit and and, and you'll be better and those were the little things that really helped but I know he I know he had our, he had our back the whole way through and that's what I liked about Jeff he he was he was always there just, you know there to help and I think he he wanted to see us all be successful and that's that's the way he did it. He's he was it was a dry humor that he had. And I think we all appreciated that.
0: Definitely. And and for the record, I'm I'm here for every Jeff Krause impression I can I can get. I, <laughs> I love them all. And 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 from the time I knew the man, there's there's always a a, a touch of, of realness in there. So I always appreciate that. But um, I, I think there's an interesting balance that he had in saying, you know, this is this is your project, your show, whatever it is giving you enough rope to try something out, but also paying attention to enough detail to be able to give you really good advice.
1: Yeah, that that's exactly what he did. And um, we appreciated it. And like I said, you didn't hear from him too much on the broadcast. And I, I know what's so funny is when I think about it today, I've worked at WCBS, Metro Networks, ABC Radio Network. Mm-hmm. There's a similar pattern. You know, a lot of times he would hear something and he would be like, eh, I wasn't crazy about that. Can you fix that? or he wouldn't say anything at all, but we got a letter, you know, somebody complained. I mean, really? I mean, it's a college radio station, but he was saying, hey, we got a letter about this. So, I mean, uh, he goes, I'm not going to jump on you for it, but you know, these people can be pains in the butts. Just remember this when you do the broadcast next time. So it was like, I'm like I said, he was behind us the whole, the whole step of the way. And it was always, there was always constructive criticism there to help us. And that's where you had to learn to be thick skinned. I mean, mm. if you don't learn it, early on it's going to be tough you know and i found that out the hard way you know uh, in my career uh, when i got to the professional level you know not everyone's going to like what you do even if you think you're doing it well and even if you are doing it well there's still someone out there that's not going to like it mm-hmm. and that's another thing i think jeff kind of pointed out to us you know you you've got to be able to get through this and don't take it personally even though it is personal in some cases
0: right right so uh, uh, you know my next question is is when you felt comfortable either on the air at the station both and and i guess to bounce back again to that baptism by fire did you did you feel nervous getting on the air once you once you got through that experience did you feel nervous getting behind the board or getting on the mic and and when did you feel comfortable
1: uh, it took a while to get comfortable. I think uh, definitely nervous. You know, even to this day. I mean, look, I've been doing this forty years. You still get, but these are different nerves than when I was in college. Nerves. I mean, right. it's, these are more like and, and, You know, I'm anxious because I want to get going here. Let's get this game going. Everything to me is sports related. So, uh, you know, I want to, I want to get going here. But uh, there's always nerves, and and I think that's good. It keeps you on your game. Took me a while. Took me a couple of broadcasts to feel good. Especially, like my focus was really play by play. That's all I wanted to do, and that was. Kind of foolish on my part, and this is the only thing I'll say about the station at the time. We didn't have, um, you know, sports updates like they do now, right. and we didn't have an Ed Ingalls who was there for twenty years with Bruce Avery um, to to really mentor the sports guys so much. I mean, we they, they did a lot back then when I was there, but it was kind of an overall you know coverage. You know, let's get, we would just want to get everybody ready for broadcasting. But whereas now you can specialize in something. Uh, and still be and still be good at other things. You know, I know right now it's all about versatility. But back then, I didn't know that. And I just wanted to do play-by-play. And you didn't realize how hard it is to get a play-by-play job. I was actually able to get one uh, a couple of years out. And and that, only, that lasted about eight or nine years. And that was really just a sidekick. It was really the updates that was my bread and butter at WCBS. Mm. And I didn't really have that kind of training at WVHC at the time. So, you know, it was a little bit different. But it definitely, you know, doing play-by-play for two hours, sometimes by myself, that was huge. That was a big, I mean, that really helped me learn how to, you know, control what I say, c- control what I do, work the board, you know, be versatile in that, I, you know, I can run a board, take commercial breaks, produce everything myself. And uh, most of the time we did have help at, at, at the radio station, but a lot of times we didn't. So that was really big. Uh, and that's when I started to feel comfortable. One One side track. You know, what happened was I I, I moved so quickly getting on the air at the station is that I felt like, you know, I don't don't need to take all these classes. What do I need Uh, to take the classes for? I'm doing so well. I'm on the air. But that was not true. I needed all the classwork I could I could get. And eventually I figured that out. But, you know, I got a little bit too my head got a little bit too big for myself for mm -hmm. the first, you know, if not semester, the first year or two, year and a half before I realized I needed to get that help. But to answer the question as far as feeling comfortable. Freshman year, spring, we've got the station party, end of year party. A lot of these guys were leaving: Helfgott, Graziano, uh, Fendel. uh, They were all graduating, and they put together a year-end package. Uh, You know, like a voice package Mm -hmm. of uh, of all the shows, of all the people, of everybody on the air. And I was a freshman. I'm like, I don't. I don't expect to be on this thing. I'm a freshman. They're going to kind of concentrate on, on the on the on the seniors and maybe some juniors. Well, what what Steve Graziano did, and I, I recently saw him at the at a couple of uh, at the um, at the Hall of Fame dinner ten years ago, and I saw him again later, and we've been in touch on Facebook. It's so funny. He put together this this show, and towards the third quarter of the show, we're listening and we're laughing, and it's like kind of a parody of, of everything that, that went on during the year. I was producing that Spanish show, uh, Hispanidad al Aldea with Calixto Garcia. And what Calixto would say is it's a uh, buenas noches, uh, mi amigo and uh, welcome to the show in Spanish and it's a uh, los controles uh, Todant. So he was saying and and I want to want to thank my producer Todant. So in the in the package that Graziano put together, they'd go it would just be bang bang, you know, they made a joke about a rock thing. They made a joke about somebody in sports, made a joke about this. And all of a sudden I hear Steve Garcia go, uh, I mean Steve Graziano say, uh, uh, Buenos dias, uh, uh, Hispanidad al día. I'm your host, Calixto Garcia, and los controles todant. And it was just the way he said it. Everybody laughed. It was funny. Um, and I felt like, oh, my God, I got into the year-end piece in my freshman year. I made it. And then literally your question is, when did you feel like you made it? That was like, I'm in, I'm in the station. I'm in it for good. You know, I wasn't really doing that much play by play. I don't think I did any, you know, I wasn't doing anything yet. Just maybe some sideline stuff and, and some of the news updates that they let the freshmen sort of get their feet wet. But that was really where I felt like, you know, I made it because a lot of other freshmen didn't even get mentioned. And I'm like, I'm in. So from that point on my sophomore, junior, senior year, I mean, everything was, focused on WVHC getting more play by play getting on the air more and really you know focusing my my career on what I want to do for the rest of my life that's really where where it all
0: sort of took shape right so so we have the benefit of of hindsight and obviously you've got these these great stories and and I'm thrilled that you shared this uh, these stories with us um, it is a really hard question to answer for some people but I'm gonna ask anyway as as you're you know Entering your senior year of high school, basically, and, and deciding you're going to check out this radio station. If you can if you can think about your mindset or what you were hoping for at that time, what did you think Hofstra Radio was going to be for you?
1: Um, you know, uh, that is a good question and, and tough in, in one way. But, you know, when you're a kid, and I was an immature kid going into college. Really, technically, I was still in, a senior in high school mm. when I started going uh, when I went, when I joined up at the radio station and, and started to get involved and, and, and take college classes, um, I wasn't sure. You know, all I know is I wanted to be a sportscaster. I did not know how I was going to get there. I don't know what path it was going to, you know, I was going to be on. Where the what roller coaster ride I was going to have to take, but I knew, in order to get there, I needed to start here, and it started at WVHA. Needed something had to begin here. This is where the fire was lit, um, and I think. Uh, every semester, every year that went on, every summer class I took, it was building, it was building. I was like, you know what? I, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. You know, the little train that could. And that, that's what I was. I was building a career. You know, and even after I graduated, who knows? And this could be for anybody, really. But in my right. case, well, am I getting a job? What am I doing? Every, every guy I know wants to do play by play. Even back then, it was competitive and there weren't that many. Jobs available? What was going to happen? I had no clue where where this was taking me, but um, I just knew that WVHC was 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 the the genesis of all this, and and there were things that I learned there. You know, a lot I hear kids say not just about communications, but any you know business majors, whatever, you know, science majors, You know, eh, school didn't teach me that much. I figured out stuff on my own afterwards. Okay, I can say that that WVHC. Um, uh, planted some important seeds in my career that I'm still using today. There's no question. Uh, you know, maybe not so much. I'm not doing play-by-play as much anymore. But but all that stuff I did at, for those four years at Hofstra helped me for my play-by-play career that I did as a professional for the, for about ten years before I really just gravitated into news uh, news and sports updates. Um, and 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 if I didn't have that. You know, I don't know where I would have been. I'd be way behind the eight ball. Hmm. So like, you, you know, to, to answer the question, it, it it really was the beginning. It was an important foundation of my career. You know, I then went on and, and then was able to piece together some freelance work for the next five, six, seven years before I got to WCBS. So I felt like I was really moving quickly. I got a job right out of, you know, about four months out of uh, out of college at a TV station in Tyler, Texas. So I really hmm. jumped right into TV uh, in the very beginning. And then, then I came back home and dabbled in a few things. Like I said, a couple of freelance gigs and it, but it really wasn't until I got a, I got a freelance job at WCBS radio. And then all the radio stuff came back again. This yeah. is, this is what I did. This is what I did, you know, 10 years ago. And now I'm, I'm back here again, uh, doing the same thing. So, um, uh, I'm trying to think about much of anything else beyond that, uh, about how important it was. The station was very important to me. Everything was important. My the friendships that I made, still to this day, to many of them. Now a lot of them, I, I you know, if, the joke is if you know, I, you probably heard this a lot. If not for Facebook, you know, right. I wouldn't be But some of them, you know, forget Facebook. I've been calling these guys, my buds, for years. You know, I didn't need Facebook. With Facebook, certainly helps getting back in touch with some of the other people that I, I, I sort of lost touch with. Um, and having having that relationship afterwards, my my boss at WCBS, Ed Ingalls, retired in 1996 goes back to Hoff, goes to Hofstra radio by the way mm-hmm. not back to it but he starts his his post retirement career for the next 20 years mentoring kids there and got me back involved in my alma mater and, and getting really involved in Hofstra and going back and talking to the students so so that was an incredible uh, turn of events how you know one side meets the other I worked for Ed and now I'm kind of working with Ed at Hofstra and we became even closer because of it and I'm so glad we did. We, we became so, I mean, love you, Ed, love you, Todd, that type of friendship until the, until he died uh, last year, literally two days after my mother died. It was ah. just, it was the craziest of moments. He had such an impact on my life uh, at WCBS. And then again, when he, he and Bruce Avery teamed up and really took the station to incredible, incredible heights. And I'm sure you'll hear that from other people. Uh, you know, I, I, I just want to make sure everybody knows that. And, and Pete Silverman, who really took over for Ed when Ed was starting to, to, to become frail and was unable to work on a regular basis. Uh, Pete really doing yeoman's work, uh, along with Bruce, uh, to this day, all that, you know, kind of is, is part of my life still when they had the very first inaugural, uh, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm being redundant, the inaugural uh, hall of fame dinner. And they told me, that I was part of the induction ceremony, you know, I was I was, I was inducted along with seventeen others, mm-hmm. the first group ever to go into the Hofstra Radio Hall of Fame. I, I, mean, it didn't hit me right away at first, and I was like, "Man, I, going into a Hall of Fame? Who gets to go to a Hall of Fame? Who you know? It doesn't have to be the Baseball Hall of Fame or or the Rock and Roller, but still, this is my University Hall of Fame. How many people get to do this and get and 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 work with the station as a student, work or help out afterwards as a professional." And then to be inducted into into a hall of fame, I I have have a bunch of friends, a couple of friends of mine that we all hang out together once a year. All of them are in halls of fame, mostly for athletics. Mm. They're all ex-coaches. So when I got in, I was like, "Hey, I'm in! I finally got into a hall of fame." It's broadcasting, not not athletics, but still. And I wanted to mention just also the the friendships that I made because of the play-by-play that I did with uh, WVHC. All the friends that I made at the Hofstra sports department, the athletic department. Sports Information Office, some people I'm still in touch with today. Um, And I'm involved with them as well, really, to try and help out uh, the Hofstra Athletics. Um, And that's a whole other separate group. Um, So Hofstra, really, and I just have to say this overall, Not, I mean, the the VHCRHU will always have a special place in my heart. That's where it really all, all started. But I grew up in West Hempstead. My mother used to drop me off at Hofstra when I was a teenager. Even I'm sorry. Before that, well, like when I was 11 or 12, and we'd watch the Jets practice, and I'd wait for Joe Namath autograph oh, and Matt wow. Snell and, and, and uh, uh, Don. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember the Don Maynard, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And then she'd drop me off, and she'd go shopping up into the, nor- the North Shore, uh, and and I'd watch Hofstra football games in '74, '75. I was 14 or 15, and then when I was at, at high school across the street, we used to go over there before I started school there. I we used to go over there and go eat at the Ratskeller. We 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 ran downstairs and so so the, the school that I went to, it was called the Hebrew Academy of Nassau County. It was right across the street. That's why I called it Hank. No, it was a kosher school. Mm-hmm. We used to run down there. We used to go down to the Ratskeller so we can get some you know meat heroes with cheese because we weren't allowed to eat it. It was kosher school. <laughs> so we'd run to Hofstra, and that's and and, and that was when I mean, again 16, 17 years old, just before I, I I decided to go to the school. Um, so the memories, and then and then what we just talked about for so long, I have a long, long history with, with Hofstra that goes back to since I was you know eleven or twelve years old. I mean, I grew up fifteen minutes from the school, and, and the Nassau Coliseum and the Islanders right across the street, and they were born in nineteen seventy two, and I grew up with the Islanders. So it's really that combination: Islanders, Hofstra. I still today root for everything, you know, every, everything Hofstra and, and and everything Islanders. Yeah, uh, it's in, it's deep in my core. Uh, but, uh, the the radio station will always be that special place, uh, for me.
0: Todd, this was phenomenal. Thank you for sharing your stories. Uh, I'm going to come up with more questions and I'm sure you have lots more stories and, uh, I really look forward to doing this again.
1: I hope I didn't go, go on. I always wonder if I go on too long with this stuff. That's uh, that's what it's here for.
0: That's, that's, I I, I want, (laughs) I want it all. And just, we're, we're going to, we're going to get more from you.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we can do the the other back half with uh, with silver uh, with Steve Silverman and, and Scott Cinnamon, funny stories on the road and all that stuff. So yeah, that's great. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm glad. Uh, I hope this helps you out uh, in what you're doing. I think it's great what you're doing. I can't wait to hear it.